Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Fanny Moisant, co-founder and president of Vestiaire Collective. Just last month, Vestiaire announced its acquisition of competitor TradeZ, expediting its growth in the U.S. market. I wanted to ask Fanny about the company's global ambitions, as well as how the recent massive rise in resale has changed the business. Welcome, Fanny. Hello, Jill. Thank you for having me. So happy to have you. Tell me about this TradeZ deal. (laughs) Um, How has it impacted your direction? I feel like the U.S. was always a target. And is that how you see it, that this just kind of accelerated everything? Yeah, you're right. I mean, the U.S. has always been a a very important market for us. I think we we put the first uh, feet on the ground in 2015 uh, or so. And we've been actually discussing with uh, Tracy, the founder of TradeZ, uh, for a couple of years already. We've always been close and and pretty much um, respecting and admiring each other um, because first uh, we are... Uh, female founders, uh, we've built um, amazing business on the same uh, vision. Uh, we have the same uh, DNA values um, and also very close uh, models, business models. Um, so at some point, it became quite natural um, to um, join forces, and that's what we've did. Um, we've done just few few weeks ago. Um, the very first uh, tradesy team are here with me today in uh, in the Parisian office. Um, and Tracy is, is flying in uh, next week. So amazing time for both our companies. Uh, we are very proud and we think together we can achieve, achieve great things um, in the U.S. So very exciting. That's great. Well, big congrats. And tell me what your shopper and her, the tradesy shopper, like the transitional period, what will the shoppers experience here and how long, how long will this take? I think, I mean, uh, we don't have massive plans, uh, everything uh, written yet. I think it's work in progress. That's why the teams are are here uh, today. Um, But what I can share is definitely the fact that, I mean, acquiring Tradesy on our side will give us this big um, step forward in the the U.S. market. That's for sure. Uh, Tradesy being um, solely U.S. focused, we are more global. Uh, so that's a real benefit to tap into that massive pool of, um, of I mean, that uh, tradesy community. And on our side, very um, likely we can share our expertise on uh, all the trust, uh, what we call the trust component, meaning the authenticity uh, and the quality control that we are providing in, in the Vestia business model. So in that respect, we are complementing each other um, very well. And now we need to write the, the first step of the common history. My team definitely talked about how this, in terms of your members and, and your size, definitely it, it aligns you or puts you head to head with the real real. Um, tell me about, I guess, the your global ambitions, your growth goals. Is it like a domination of this space <laughs> really where it's at? <laughs> Uh, I mean, the U.S. with this acquisition acquisition becomes our first market. Um, it's been growing super fast, seventy five percent in the couple um, uh, the beginning of this year, and um, and we are reaching um, together with tra- with uh, Tradesy uh, 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 GMV as in a, a volume of of sales uh, which is above uh, one billion uh, U.S. dollars. So it's very exciting. But back to your question and to our ambition, I think it's 
Definitely building uh, the leading uh, global uh, resale marketplace uh, based again on uh, trust and taste. And maybe we can touch base on that later. But when I look at um, this, my main ambition and our main ambition here is really to um, transform the fashion industry and transform how people um uh, consume fashion. That's really what motivates us and, and make us uh, wake up uh, happy every morning because we, as you know, we have uh, sustainability at heart um, at Vestia. And this is really a mission for us to, to transform the, this industry with the help of our wonderful uh, 23 million community uh, for the, the best of uh, our planet at the end of the day. So that's really what is uh, important to us. Yes, let's touch on sustainability here. You are a B Corp company, um, which is definitely what everybody's talking about to, lately. I know all fashion brands are aiming to go there. I wouldn't say all, but plenty. Um, and you just told me about your new office. You guys are based in France, correct, yeah, Paris? Paris. Um, yes. So, and first, let's touch on this new office. This is a sustainability fueled. Yeah. How would you describe it? It's an amazing project that we've um, uh, we've launched uh, end of last year. So we had the, we took this uh, massive space, almost five thousand square meters, in a beautiful Parisian building, but sustainable building as it it's uh, it has all the, uh, the the qualification. I don't know how you say that in in English, but um, so the building by itself is really green. Um, and inside this building, we've done two things. We've uh, put all our energy in building the most green office, as in we've divided by three uh, the average impact of uh, a normal office. So we made uh, very conscious choices. Every Most of the furniture are secondhand. Every single material is locally sourced, uh, recycled, and so on. So we, we put a lot of energy into that. We worked with a, a community of B Corp companies to help us to do so. And we also, in a different um, angle, we also try to bridge the gap between uh, working from home and working from the office. As you know, I mean, we've all been through uh, those crazy periods of confinement. And I think the team now wants to leave and work differently. So we've um, allocated more than 50% of this office uh, for collaborative spaces, uh, where they can lounge, enjoy, work differently from different stations. So we've tried to, to build something that is um, very sustainable, but also very inspiring for the team to thrive. That makes great sense. I was going to ask if investing in a large space is worth it. Um, but yeah, what what is the um, behavior in terms of your employees? Uh, are they coming in maybe three times a week? Um, how are they taking to it? The policy is actually 50-50, so they are working half-half. Uh, but since we've launched that office, we see that uh, they are more and more coming to the office because they like it so much and they can, yeah, they can enjoy uh, different, uh, again, areas and, and, and do things differently. And we also have quite a lot of animation. We do events, we do talks, we do um, gatherings. So it's, it's, a, it's a social space um, above and beyond being an office. So it's really cool. Okay, great. Well, your your road to B Corp certification, would you say that there was a um, maybe the big challenges to get there or, um, yeah, the big changes that were made? Was that a big, a big goal? 
It was a big goal uh, since uh, early on in Advestiaire, um, but at the same time, um, it was a challenging process. Uh, let's be, let's um, let's be agree on that. But at the same time, we were also very prepared in a way. Uh, again, because the Vestiaire is born from that um, fact that this industry has a massive problem and we need to solve it um, to become. As, a, as an industry, at an industry level, more sustainable. Um, so we were already ahead a bit of, of the thinking. I mean, we didn't invent uh, that goal uh, last minute, uh, 12 years after. So it made the process a bit more simple, I would say, um, as in usually the average um, time to become B Corp is three years, uh, three years of work to, to achieve the certification. It took us a year. So uh, we did it faster than uh, the average. But it was definitely a challenge to uh, go deep, try to fetch the right data, uh, try to put in place the processes that at the time didn't exist and, and, and do a lot of um, assessments and, and, and build uh, our strategy for the, the, the coming years. So we were very, very, very happy to, uh, to get the certification. And, and today it's really beneficial that it really gives us a framework um, to make the next decisions and to move ahead because B Corp is, uh, yes, a certification, but it's it's a road. We are at the beginning of the road and we want to go ahead and to improve um, and every single step uh, counts uh, on, on that road. So, yes. Tell me about your shopper's priorities and um, if it makes sense to really um, – shout the B Corp certification loud and proud is, are they shopping um, sustainability first? Is it more about at this point, they're maybe not there yet. That's a bonus. They're shopping with affordability or style more so in mind. How would you tell me about that balance? And it's actually a, a mix of all the, the behaviors you've described. Um, I cannot say that they 100% yet coming for sustainability reasons. Uh, that's behavior grows years after years and as um, certification like B Corp are becoming more um, mainstream as in for example in Europe it was less known than in uh, in the US but uh, things are moving in that respect and, and to give you maybe a visual example of, um, of our shoppers uh, we embodied them in a way um, through our uh, last brand campaign um, sorry um, because we we launched, I don't know if you saw the the, the new um, brand campaign of Vestiaire. It's this collective of puppets, um, and they all embody one specific behavior. So to your point, we have the Miss Classic, so the very chic lady who thrives on uh, buying luxury and really wants the trust component. So she wants the authenticity, she wants the quality control, uh, and so on. We have Hunter, who's the bargain hunter. She's after the good deals. Um, we have Rich, who's the seller. He knows the, the deals, as in he knows that on Vestiaire, he will find the right community um, who appreciate fashion to um, understand the, the value of um, his products. Uh, we have obviously Lady Green, uh, who's our uh, fashion activist. Um, and the one that I'm forgetting is Drops, um, who's the edgy girl who is after the sold out products or the very rare to find items. So we have that uh, mix of behaviors on, um, on the platform. And that's what makes the, yeah, the Vestiaire community quite unique. 
Definitely. Well, you mentioned that puppet who is a seller. <laughs> I know it's a competitive space, um, getting those sellers to, to sell through Vestier. And um, yeah, whether it's consignment or immediate payout, whether it's the amount of payout, like what are they looking for? I think they are looking for um, many things. Uh, being in a trusted environment, we are dealing with high-end designer luxury products. Um, I think even as a seller, trust really matters. Um, and where your um, item is going to be featured, uh, that's the first element. To whom? Again, back to reach. Uh, we are um, reaching a community of 23 million um, members across the world, uh, across the world, across 80 countries. So as a seller, it's, it's an incredible, um, chance, uh, to be reaching out to those, uh, those sellers, to those buyers. Sorry. Um, obviously on the, on the financial side, the sellers are after like very competitive commission. And I think we are amongst the, the most competitive in the, in the U S, um, regarding our, our model. So we have a, an average commission of 15%, so one five, uh, which is pretty uh, aggressive. And then the whole user experience um, that you can find on Vestia engaging with uh, with people and uh, having all these social components, uh, again, because we are uh, first and foremost a community of fashion lovers. Yes. Well, being a global company, more so now than ever, um, how have the shipping issues and uh, supply chain craziness how, how have you guys been impacted and navigated all of that during the pandemic you mean exactly in the last couple of years um so first we've been somehow i would say lucky because we are global to have experienced it firsthand in asia as the pandemic uh, started um, in that part of the world and so very early on we and and i i live in hong kong so i know how prepared i mean um in Hong Kong, they've been through the SARS already a few years ago. And so immediately they knew the right things to do, the mask, the shifts in terms of logistics, the the washing hands and, and the whole uh, sanitary precautions. And we've been able to prepare the other regions of the world in our logistics teams to get ready with that. So we provided the masks when there was uh, in, impossible to find in the other regions and, and so on. So I think we are proud to have protected the teams uh, very well since day one. We've never stopped um, working in that respect. The warehouse were always up. And then um, slowly and surely we've adapted also for the consumers, the, the model a little bit. We've allowed more and more uh, pickups at home so people wouldn't have to uh, step out of their house um, and yeah we we done some some little shifts to uh, avoid uh, too much pressure on the consumers but also on our team so overall it's been um, a difficult uh, period but the, also the business has grew um, dramatically uh, during that time because I mean as we were almost all locked up um, we had a lot of time to, I think, step back and look at our wonderful wardrobes that were and that are still so pretty full um, and to, to start um, uh, selling and, and giving a second life to what we don't wear anymore. And, and yeah, we've seen uh, amazing uh, supply growth on the platform and, and amazing demand. So overall, I think it was a painful but, but very... 
um, important year for the growth of the business. Definitely. What can you tell me about what people were buying? I'm hearing um, <laughs> fine jewelry, classic items. Is that sum it up or um, anything surprising there? No, I mean, in, uh, in, during the pandemic, like uh, I think all the businesses, we've, we've seen a lot of um, new categories popping up, uh, people consuming more uh, loungewear, um, like uh, sportswear and so on, because no one obviously wanted to, to properly dress up. Um, but overall, if, uh, if I move away from the pandemic situation, we have um, a very big demand, obviously, for the bag category. So luxury and designer bags is, is uh, one of our top categories. Um, to your point, jewelry is not uh, the top, top one, but it's growing very fast, as well as the, the men section. Uh, we also uh, provide a, yeah, quite an offer for men. Um, and it's funny to see, I mean, we, we are uh, in Asia and we are going to launch a, uh, very soon, the, the Korean market and the Japanese market. And it's very interesting to see how male uh, in those um, countries are, are really, really big uh, luxury shoppers. So very excited to see that category growing a lot. Oh, great. Tell me about your focus, I guess, areas or categories. So you, um, women, obviously, men, um, and as like the definition of luxury is changing, I, I are you bringing in maybe more or accepting maybe more brands? You mentioned athleisure or um, activewear. Um, yeah. What's on the site? <laughs> I mean, a lot of things. We have uh, vestiaire only 3 million uh, items on the on the platform. On trade size, 2 million, so 5 million total. I think if I if I'm correct, I don't have the the right right number, but I think it's over. We have over three three thousand uh, brands uh, available on the platform. So when we launched Vestiaire, the word we used to say always was Vestiaire is a photography of fashion. So I believe in your wardrobe, Jill, like in mine or in in Larissa's, we have a mix of everything, um, as in some young designer brands up to luxury, um, hopefully not too much uh, fast fashion, which we uh, really don't like. Um, but um, no, we are, we are this, um, this massive platform where I think everybody at its own budget and taste and style can find something really appealing from a couple of um, dollars to up to very, very uh, expensive uh, luxury and rare to find items. Yeah. Is it better to have a kind of a more of a strict focus or maybe is home a category you're eyeing or maybe I'm seeing some, on some of the streetwear sites um, like collectibles that are more so like games or puzzles that are maybe have a designer collab attached. It's funny because we, we did quite the opposite. We had that um, uh, lifestyle, we, we used to call it lifestyle category. Um, that was there for a couple of years and not that it was not working well. It was, wor it was um, working pretty well, but we decided to focus on our core market as in uh, fashion um, to really improve and, and grow that side of the business and, um, and not go too um, wild. It's also very different logistics um, processes and, and potential issues when you're a global company. So we said, okay, let's focus. But I mean, never say never. Uh, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> 
Well, you mentioned um, some more expansion to, I think, Asian markets. Um, is this, does that mean more acquisitions? Uh, how are you, or maybe um, partnerships, or do you need feet on the ground? How, how do you go about that? We definitely need feet on the ground. I mean, the, the Asian team is growing very, very fast. I think we are uh, somewhere around 70 people uh, in Hong Kong, between Hong Kong, Singapore. We have a team now in Korea, uh, uh, bubbling very young um, and I mean, as in small group of people in Japan. I think we have the first employees now in Shanghai also. So growing uh, fast on that side of the world um, with big ambitions. Um, and then we're going to launch the business organically, so as in alone. Um, but who knows? Again, I think we are, um, it's a market uh, that uh, moves fast and uh, there's potential opportunities uh, all over the world. And so we, we're always looking and it's, um, but there's no plans right now, I think. Um, we have big, big uh, things to do with TradeZ, so one thing at a time. <laughs> yes. What has been your fundraising strategy? Is a lot of um, investment needed to fuel all the growth? I mean, uh, it was a, a mix of um, milestone and opportunities. Uh, and I think along the, the way in the past uh, year, we've been super lucky to welcome on board uh, Caring, who really um, brought a, a huge credibility stamp uh, on, on the vestiaire business. So that was a, a real milestone for us. And that's when we became a unicorn. So very, again, very emotional step. Um, and more recently, we welcomed the SoftBank, but also Generation, uh, and who's the uh, whom founder is, uh, is Al Gore. Um, so again, very, very important moment for us to have in the same um, semester, uh, B Corp and Al Gore joining the company. Uh, so last year was really an incredible year in that respect to have so many incredible partners, uh, as in investors and, um, and this beautiful certification. So that was a, a really strong moment for us. Is fast, rapid growth expected? Has this changed your direction or your, um, your pace? Or what, what has this meant for you this last year and all of the interest from outside players? I think it's highlighted the, the huge interested interest um, of the, the financial community in resale because um, I think everybody started to really understand that is, resale is not a trend. It's here to stay. Uh, it's a real way of consuming fashion, real different way of consuming fashion. So really, really um, shine a positive light on, on that. And then also, um, again, on our uh, mission and vision, which embeds sustainability at heart, um, really made us a special target, uh, per se, um, because that's where, I mean, we all need to go. There's no other way. Um, so I think, yeah, uh, exciting years. It means also a lot of uh, things to deliver on our side when you have a Big partners like this, um, counting on us to, to change the world. So no, very exciting um, uh, moment and, and great, great uh, opportunities to, to grow and to make this together with them. Yeah, speaking of uh, people changing <laughs> or maybe paying more attention or changing their tune about resale, um, tell me about your approach to brand partnerships. Um, I'm sure more brands are showing interest and in wanting, to, wanting to link with you. Yes, uh, I think it's um, 
Something we realized quite uh, early on, um, we truly believe, I truly believe that the whole industry will um, shift as in adopt result. Uh, they're all going to still produce uh, amazing and beautiful craftsmanship and items through their uh, amazing craftsmanship. But at some point, it makes sense for the brands, for the retailers also to um, uh, provide that uh, different offer or provide a solution for their uh, clients to uh, recycle and, and start selling. So um, we've launched last year, uh, yes, already, the, the we call it Resell as a Service, which is a, a new service per se um, that we offer to brands or, or e-tailers to um, leverage their community um, of, of buyers to start uh, entering the circular economy. Um, and we've launched that last year with um, Alexander McQueen uh, brand. And then we, we did a couple of uh, other partnerships and um, a very successful one we are uh, very happy to always share about is the Mighty Risa, the German uh, retailer that uh, yeah, is doing with us an amazing um, uh, job. So when they push that uh, offer to their clients. There's an amazing uh, success rate, an amazing uh, group of um, of people that are starting to um, offload their their wardrobes and and start entering the um, again this um, circular model. And we are very proud to see that those sellers they don't just benefit from it as a one-off. They come back. So it means they're really. Um, uh, eager to, to start seeing their wardrobes as assets and not consumables and, and really hopefully start consuming um, more consciously. Well, I'm sure your customer base is growing. Uh, to what extent is Gen Z fueling the resale market? Is that a myth? <laughs> no, no it, it is not. Uh, we've launched, uh, I think two years ago, um, a study with the BCG, um, and we were highlighting that I think the stat, if my memory is right, is 75% um, of, of the Gen Z are saying that for them, uh, consuming consciously is a real priority. So those kids are, are amazing in that respect. They really have um, our planet issues at heart, and they are really... Um, uh, eager to to change the paradigm and 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 start uh, behaving better than their um, older uh, generations. So very very happy to to have them on board. Right on. Well, tell me what you have planned for twenty twenty two. What can we expect? Your goals, your your direction. <laughs> what um, are you eyeing? Yeah, I think. Um, Again, back to Tradesy, a very, very big uh, year for us to, to transition together uh, the business. So we'll focus on this uh, a big, big part of the year. Um, the, second the second objective is really to pursue our efforts in terms of sustainability. So we have um, an objective of becoming carbon positive in 2025. Um, and this in a very vestiaire way, meaning no offsetting, no greenwashing. We really want to do things the right way. So our carbon strategy is basically uh, increasing our avoided emission because today when you buy a second hand, for example, handbag, 
you save 90% of its impact compared to a first-hand handbag. So it's a massive um, emission uh, avoidance uh, when you, again, uh, choose second-hand. So it's, it's really a, a very, very positive solution for, for the planet. And so the more we grow, the more we avoid emissions. Um, and at the same time, what we are doing is we're decreasing our own impact. Uh, today, we have uh, the vestiaire impact is 12,000 um, tons of CO2. And so this year, we have an objective to reduce that by somewhere like 15% um, and down, down, down um, to 2025. So at some point, those two trends, the avoided and, and our own emissions, uh, makes a very um, positive outcome, which is uh, carbon neutrality. Um, and this, again, without offsetting, without paying uh, a cent uh, to fake uh, carbon neutrality. Well, when you mentioned, um, I guess there was that comparison with the primary and secondary market, it just got me thinking about, you know, more people I'm hearing are shopping with resale in mind or resale value. Um in terms of your shopper, um, I don't know. Are, are you letting them know what things are worth? Um, maybe what you're looking for right now, Chanel selling hot, whatever it is. Um, yeah. What are those cues to get them to make, uh, to sell now, to buy now? Uh, let's say to, to buy now. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, on the seller side, at least we are giving tips um, to our sellers on what's trending uh, at the moment. So what you can um, sell at a very uh, good price. And so we do that. We are um, going to launch also a new feature that is going to help everybody in the, in the process to uh, buy and sell. Um, but um, sorry, I cannot share yet, but soon. Um but I think our, again, because people, I mean, on, on Vestial, it's true fashion lovers at heart. Um, we have, I think, a, a wonderful uh, and inspiring catalog of, of incredible things that we curate. So what we do when you come on Vestial, you have um, on the homepage a lot of um, campaigns. We call them campaigns. And it's um, more and more um, hand-curated selections um, that uh, the buyers and the seller get inspired by. And we also have my favorite uh, way of browsing Vestia, which is the We Love uh, section. Uh, same thing. It's a very selected group of um, items that are uh, quite special and, um, and quite um, trendy uh, on the buying side and the selling side. So... If you're listening, pay attention to the We Love. It's really uh, la crème de la crème. <laughs> yes. When, it, when you say We Love, is it um, is there ever kind of a face or an editor or a fashion director? Like, do they want to know who loves it? <laughs> we used to we used to uh, brand, I mean, to personalize it a bit, a bit more with Sophie, my co-founder and, and fashion director. But you're right. That's also in the in the process and in the pipe to bring back a bit more the, the vestiaire team and to show who's behind and the fantastic teams we have, um, the stylists and, the, and the, the fashion directors that we have uh, internally to, yeah, to bring that um, Parisian, but not only Parisian taste, um, because I think it's, it has a lot of value. Yes. Well, because this is more of a, I guess, price-driven world than, than the primary, well, I think everything is. 
and say it in the primary, who doesn't like a sale? But is discounting, um, are those cues um, key to, to, I guess, uh, bringing in sales on a consistent basis? Do, do you discount still um, as a lot of people are pulling back, which it's, again, it's different than the primary market. I, I would think that this would fly here um, without question. We don't like, um, we of course do some discounts as in um, the welcome offer when you arrive on Vestia as a buyer or as a seller, you can benefit from a zero commission or or any kind of other incentive. And it's really important for us to onboard people and to welcome people in, in the community. Otherwise, we don't like too much to um, to be a, a very heavy discounted uh, site because I think it's a, I mean, being a marketplace, the sellers are setting the prices. And then as a buyer, you have that functionality, which is called make me an offer um, to negotiate a bit the, the price if you feel like it. So we really let the, the philosophy of Vestia is really to empower the community to um, make their own deals. Um, and of course, uh, two or three times a, a year, we have those more commercial moments um, because it's also, of course, important for the business. But we we really respect and empower the, the community to, to make um, the right decisions um, and sell at the price they want to, to sell. So, Yes. Well, last question. We didn't dig enough into your, I won't call it the puppet campaign. It's long live fashion, right? Long live it fashion is. campaign. It's an incredible <laughs> claim and, uh, and uh, yeah, celebration of, um, of everything we love. So fashion and, um, and durability. So yes, I love happy. it. Did you focus on any new uh, channels in terms of, of your investment? Um, yeah, more video. Where was your focus there in terms of get, uh, kicking that off? I mean, we've um, we've launched this campaign at a different level according to the the different countries we're in. Um, we've, for example, launched a, a big TV campaign in France and Italy for now. Uh, a bit testing the waters um, to understand the, um, how it performs. And it's actually amazing. Uh, we've done a bit of uh, out of home also in those countries and a lot of digital um, uh, across the world. So very, very, very um, happy and encouraged by this, um, the first few results the, because it's been only two weeks and, and something. Um, and a very positive also feedback from Everybody, basically, the industry people, um, the consumers, the community. And I mean, I'm, I'm receiving uh, really tons of messages uh, saying how bold this campaign is, how disruptive, how funny, witty, um, and, and very creative. So thank you for uh, to my the partners we've been working on with, sorry, uh, Droga5 London, who's an amazing um, agency, I think the best one in the world right now, uh, but also Loïc Prigent, who's a very um, famous French um, creative mind in, uh, in our industry. So we were glad to be uh, surrounded by uh, really talented people. And digital marketing is just, it's still working. Any change there? No, I mean, still... Uh, a very important uh, channel as, uh, as well as, uh, of course, the, the influencers um, that we work with that are also very conscious and, uh, and very proud to be associated with our, our cause. So all good on that side. All good influencers. Oh, and I want to know, 
one more question and I will let you go. I could talk to you for an hour. I'm sorry to keep you, but no, no, no. Um, and, <laughs> you mentioned kind of those partners. Um, in terms of, I guess, your own team in-house, any changes? I'm sure you're hiring, doing much hiring, especially like you said, the international markets. Any key hires recently in, in terms of, um, yes, um, being able to lead your growth and, and fuel and get the right people in the house, in-house? Many. Uh, I won't be able to name uh, all of them, but we we hired a lot of uh, people on the tech side and tech and product side. So a lot of VPs joined recently, very skilled, very senior people um, in our tech hub in Berlin, um, but also a bit here in Paris and all over the place. Um, we've hired a, a fantastic um uh, head of HR, I mean, um, chief people officer per se, um, who joined recently from uh, Facebook. Um, I mean, many, many, many talented uh, people. Our head of uh, brand, Vanessa, who led this campaign also joined uh, quite recently. So no, very um, happy with this um, talented team uh, all over the world. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful to all of them. Yes, well, excited to follow all your growth see all you do this year. Fanny, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jill. It was a real pleasure. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.